0: For
1: exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media.
0: This week's Law & Order Marathon winner is M. Parker Cobb of Kenner, Louisiana. Parker will win a marathon decal showing he watched 26.2 hours of his favorite crime show. To be next week's winner, sign up at Podcast.com.
1: I'm Kevin Flynn with Rebecca Lavoy and Matt Reuter, and these are their stories.
0: You think you know who did it, but you
2: don't know who did it. Lie and order, lie and order, lie and order. It's no ordinary police procedural, baby. It's the FNOG of police procedure. baby. Lie and order, lie and order, lie and order, lie and order. These are their stories, these are their stories.
1: Welcome to These Are the Stories, the podcast about network TV's most enduring crime franchise and the real life cases that inspired their shows. I'm Kevin Flynn. Each podcast will break down an episode from either Criminal Intent, SVU, or Original Recipe. And today we're looking at Special Victims Unit, season sixteen, episode three. Producers back end.
0: A drink, or they had coke, ecstasy, blur the edges. Open your mouth, spread your legs. Different guys, but it worked. I got that role, and I got bigger roles. My mom was right.
1: Joining me to do that is true crime author and host of the Crime Writers On and Slate's Mom and Dad Are Fighting podcast, Rebecca Lavoy. Hello, Rebecca. It's
3: nice to know that you know who I am, Kevin, because you know who I am, right?
1: I, what? Is that a <laughs> reference? <and> a...
3: <laughs> yes, the cold open of the show.
1: Oh, the Whatever. girl. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> the hot mess starlet. Yeah, I got it. I got it now. Rounding out our panel is our very special guest from the Law & Order Special viewing unit podcast. Matt Reuter. Hi, Matt. Hi, guys. How are you doing? Great. So, you do an SVU podcast. Stupid idea. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do. I do. Uh, it's
4: uh, me and my co-host Aviv. We uh, we we're, we were friends from high school actually, and we got kind of hooked on watching SVU back in uh, back when our high school days. Whenever you could just rip off, you know, like fifteen hours worth of Law and Order in an <laughs> afternoon on a Saturday <laughs> on USA, yeah. and uh, you know, the the love never died. So fast forward, however many years later, it's like you know, we should just start a podcast about SVU. No one's doing it. Like <laughs> no one. <laughs> <laughs> this is a great idea, and then we realized the the sheer Sisyphean task of trying to review every episode in a row from the beginning when oh. the show was still airing yeah. and still is airing. So this this will never end. Our podcast will potentially go on
1: literally forever no, until you die. You, you pretty much have another sixteen years of work ahead at of least, you. Yeah, at least so, at this rate. So in addition to being not a Dumbass podcasts like ours, <laughs> <laughs> all this goofy and shit. Like my own. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, are doing all the episodes of SVU in order, right? Yes. Yep. From the beginning. And I think you're somewhere. You're somewhere in what season four at this point? Uh,
4: we so we have a we have a backlog now. So we we've recorded uh, up through five. Well, not the complete way through five, but we're about halfway through five now. But just from the, the way that they're they're released, so I think we're maybe at the beginning of season five at this moment.
1: Well, folks want to you know if they can't get enough SVU with us, they definitely should check out Special Viewing Unit. I'm definitely gonna do that. Matt, of all the franchises, which two cops are your favorite detective team? Favorite Law and Order
4: detective team. So it's it's a one in a one a scenario. Obviously, uh, being a huge fan of SVU, it's gonna be Benson and Stabler uh, mm-hmm. for me personally. But if if we're going into a, the the world of original recipe, um, I go I go Briscoe and Green. Uh, if I if I get to basically pick two teams, yeah. uh, I I mean Briscoe, gotta love Briscoe with the with the wisecracks, and I saw Green was very underrated in terms of one of the the detectives on Original Recipe. I don't know why. I'm sure, I'm sure I'm in the minority on that, but I uh, I really enjoyed the way that they work together of, of all the of all the teams.
3: You know, I love me some Ed Green because he is. Gorgeous. gorgeous and completely underrated <laughs> and if anyone does not say that ed green is one of the best pairings with briscoe they are wrong 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 because he is the best <laughs> and he can run and he's gorgeous
1: and he can run he can <laughs> well against briscoe anybody can run in almost every
3: episode there's a scene of ed green <laughs> running Craig down the street run. he doesn't know what to do with his hands in certain scenes yeah. but he can run
1: he's working it. <laughs> and matt who's your favorite prosecutorial team
2: Favorite Law and Order District Attorney
3: Prosecutorial
4: Team. Oh, this one, this is not even closer, but this is, uh, it's going to be uh, McCoy and Abby Carmichael. No, oh, yes. another Rebecca yes, favorite. Yes,
3: we have the same taste in teams. This is very exciting.
4: Looking back and watching some of the, the Law and Order episodes, being older as opposed to being, you know, like a teenager, whenever I like would first start, start watching this, a lot of the liberties that are taken in terms of like the, uh, the, the legality of some of the things they're doing are um, only now I'm realizing questionable at best. And and like Angie Harmon's portrayal of the character is just great because she just like doesn't seem to give a shit about anything. She's just like, ah, oh, we're going for it." Death penalty, parking ticket, That's that's great. Let's just do it. Let's Love just do her. it.
1: I think that's a really great pick. I will, however, let you know that I will not tell Stephanie March to stab her in the fucking back. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's look at the first half of this episode, SVU Season 16, Episode 3, Producers Back End. We open on a fender bender with arguing motorists dressed like they're going to a rap music cliche party. (laughs) Who rolls up but exiled SVU Detective Nick Amaro, currently serving as a uniformed patrolman? The driver is former child star and current hot mess Tinsley Evans. The actress tries to seduce Amaro to avoid arrest, but at her arraignment, she accuses him of coming on to her. Hey, need a glass of water. here's my statement. Hey, are you actually interviewing
4: this girl? It's just protocol, but you have nothing to worry about. I saw the dash cam footage, Nick. You handled it perfectly professionally. Well, uh, so what? one people will just use her as an excuse to keep their boot on my neck. Nick, you're coming back here. It's just a matter of time.
1: When Rollins and new detective Sonny Carisi interview the rehab facility director about Tinsley's accusations that he also hit on her, they find video of the star filating a teenager in the closet. And once Liv shows Tucker the dash cam of Amaros spurring Tinsley's come ons, well, they're not only gonna drop that internal affairs investigation, they're gonna send him right back to SVU to investigate the <laughs> very woman who got him in trouble. <laughs> what Bye. could go wrong? <laughs> After trying to convince the awkward teenager that getting a blowjob from a movie star is a bad thing, they arrest Tinsley again. The judge orders a psych evaluation and Discount Olivette tells Liv, (laughs) the head of Special Victims Unit, have you ever wondered how a sex offender gets that way? (laughs) The detectives press Tinsley on her past. She says that starting at age 13, she started having group sex with powerful Hollywood producer Adam Brubeck. All right, we're going to start with Amaro. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so he has been sufficiently humbled, and he has been to anger management. He's and working it. So what, we're, we're supposed to like him now?
3: I actually do like him in this episode because he's not mean to the victim. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do any of the stupid things that Carisi does or the mean things that Rollins does.
0: I know I've been bad, but I can on the hood. How about the shaft?
1: please step back. you have to call my supervisor.
0: Oh, call him. I'll do him, too. I love threesome. Turn around.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes, you me back.
0: Oh, are, are you getting the co out, Officer Aliyah?
3: He looks great in a uniform, and I don't understand why they don't just keep him in that job for the rest of the series. Make it like third watch. Like, have there be detectives, have there be uniform guys. Like, why can't they work together?
1: Because how many sex crimes originate from the parking unit? <laughs> I mean, it's New York City. You might be surprised.
3: I'm still wondering how
1: this winds up at SVU. Because oh my God. she claims
3: she was assaulted by Amaro. What? That's what I listen. Isn't that internal affairs? Listen, mm-hmm. we all agree it's stupid. Okay. And we all agree this show is not trying to win any Emmys at this point. Uh, but it ends up there because she makes a sex assault claim. So, of course, there's only one person who can handle it, and that is Liv, even though the claim is against her former partner and underling, Nick Amaro.
1: Matt, I think that Stabler would love this logic. Congratulations for not forcing the girl to have sex with you. You're getting a promotion. <laughs>
3: I mean,
4: you know, it's uh, the, the bar may have been lowered at a certain point in time because, again, this these are all new characters to me. So I had no frame of reference as to what exactly was happening. So I had your same reaction. It was like, all right, so it's a traffic stop. And what svu is involved who what is happening right now i don't quite understand this (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna go with it because uh it's svu so i know something's coming like all of this stuff that's like oh whenever tinsley is accusing amaro it's like it's all so easily disproven and i wrote down in my notes and i don't know if this is this is kind of part of this where it's like this was pre like the body cam thing with law enforcement, but this was not pre dash cam. I was like, there's literally yeah. footage of this. Like, why don't they just go <laughs> look at the, like, why did we even need this? This is so easily disproven. It's, it's almost pointless in the structure of the episode. Like why?
1: I know why we needed it because we might've actually believed tomorrow. Did it. <laughs> well, <laughs> we, we had to get that out of the way so we could just move on with the rest of the episode. That's right. Okay, that's enough. right. <laughs> Yeah, it's like
4: Stabler would beat people up and get promoted from it. Like, I, yeah,
0: a new sheriff in like town. I guess something happened there.
1: Good job, but 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 Stabler would be like, my family,
3: punch, punch, punch. My daughter, my daughter, He'd be recording
4: <laughs> scripture as he does it, or something. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta go to confession. <laughs> Can we also talk about during the traffic stop how whenever they're breaking up the the two motorists, the one lady just faints for no apparent reason. <laughs> which, like, start, I was like, and I wrote down, I was like, well, why did that woman just faint? Oh, it's because there has to be a car chase and has to give someone a chance That's to right. escape. Yeah. But literally, it's like they're just talking, and the they're fat fine. Cap can't hold her up? No. Yes, they can't. Need to help? Like, I was like, "What? what is happening right now?
3: There's also one other really funny, like TV tropey thing in the car chase, which mm-hmm. is that um, Tinsley is very obviously driving a giant Mercedes SUV, but all the logos and emblems on the car are blacked out <laughs> for no reason. <laughs> like, it's so obviously a Mercedes... <laughs> It's like giant and round, but black
1: (laughs) for no reason. (laughs) We also get an early look at a a new character here, Carisi. (laughs) I love him. Um, (laughs) uh, He has just joined the elite squad as someone who's not very good with victims.
3: Everybody hates him. It's so funny. Amanda just like can't even talk to him. Nick told me he caught the case.
0: Nick, that guy's a disaster magnet.
2: I like you better with the stash. What is that accent? What is the
4: accent that he's doing? I can't pinpoint it. And it was driving me nuts. It's not New York? It's not a good one if it is.
1: <laughs> well, he made a reference there, and you would have, have to have seen the first two episodes where he comes in, uh, where he has a mustache. And... Oh, God.
3: It's the most porny mustache you've yeah, ever seen. Yeah.
1: His mustache is sort of the facial hair equivalent of his voice. <laughs> <laughs> ill you know? fine, <laughs> It's, a, it's a fine. But also, you know, it's kind of like, uh, I'm going to be creepy New York. Uh,
3: but he also goes to law school at night, you know? He's a busy guy. Very he's busy. He's a
1: busy guy. He knows the law. <laughs> he knows the law. I don't want to tell you, Sergeant, what the law is, but this is the law. <laughs> <laughs> and over the years, he's grown into, I think, a, a much more loved uh, character. Be loved. Be loved character. Because he
3: pines after Rollins, and it's very sweet well, Rollins in a pathetic is, way.
1: Rollins is slinging the V all over that. <laughs> As is her right. As As is is her her right. (laughs) Okay, we have a couple of Hey It's That guys. Hey It's That guy. Who is the actor playing rehab director Jim Durant?
3: Well, it's not Chris Sarandon, even though it looks just like Chris Sarandon. It's a different dude. That's not how we play the game, though, Rebecca. (laughs) But you agree, that dude looks just like Chris Sarandon. Of course, of course.
4: Anybody have a guess? Uh, I looked it up last night, and I, I thought I wrote it down, but I, I
1: did not. But he's He's, he's that, that memorable. Yes. Yeah, he's, he's that, that, guy. that guy. That's Dennis...
3: Bootsicaris.
1: Bootsicaris. Yes. <laughs> Young women who've been
4: sexualized at an early age could conflate these experiences and then project them onto others. What does she project
1: onto you? Okay, he's had 11 Law & Order franchise appearances, four as attorney Al Archer, and you see him in Better Call, Saul, and Salvation. Hmm. 11 appearances he really has made his face as a hey is that guy
3: I know and I have a whole paragraph here about fun facts about Chris Sarandon that now I can't use (laughs) (laughs)
1: give us one give us one
3: uh, Chris Sarandon used to be married to Susan Sarandon
1: (laughs) and kept her name
3: she kept his name oh because she like broke through while they were married I guess so her name is Sarandon because she was married to him isn't that interesting it is interesting And he also played. (laughs) he also played Prince Humperdinck
1: (laughs) Prince Humperdinck (laughs) yes oh well
3: but it wasn't this dude Dennis Buzikaris. No,
1: we have had Chris Sarandon on a previous I know, episode. I know. So can you name the actor playing Tinsley's attorney, Marvin Exley?
3: Ooh, ooh I get
4: Who's that? I get is uh, uh Ron Rifkin. Yeah. Mm. It was her
2: perception that the arresting officer, Nick Amaro, may have been
0: inappropriate.
1: This is the last of Ron Rifkin's eight law and order appearances, six on SVU as this attorney. Where do we know him from?
3: Alias he was Arvin Sloan, an alias. He was super evil. He was Sydney Bristow's nemesis. Ah. And he was great. And that's what I know him from because I was a huge fan of alias.
1: So he was a bad guy?
3: He's a very bad guy. Yes. Yeah.
1: And now he's an attorney? Yes. So he's still a bad guy?
3: And he still has the same freaking glasses. <laughs>
1: those glasses. Oh my God, those glasses. <laughs>
3: The, gonna, Roger, the Roger Stone line of glasses, exactly. right?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Roger Stone looked at those glasses and said, hey, I want to make a statement.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I found
1: my Poppin' J idol. <laughs>
0: so,
1: and I'm aware wear those glasses from I want
3: to look on. like a villain in the 1960s version of the Batman franchise. So.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I think he was in the long Halloween zone. Where. <laughs> okay. Who is playing movie producer Adam Brubeck? Look, are you asking, did I sleep with young wannabe actresses? Yes, but I kept it legal. Anyone know?
3: I don't know his name, but I know where I know him from.
1: He's just a that guy. I don't know his name though. <laughs> okay. Well, that's Brian Darcy James. He played the dad on Thirteen Reasons Why. Mm-hmm. Rebecca, you just saw him in a film.
3: He was in Molly's Game, and he was also in Spotlight. Spotlight.
1: <laughs> uh, Matt, do you remember him from Spotlight? Which was he one of the? He
4: was one of the reporters that. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, who was like it was around the block like the thing? Mm-hmm. Yes,
3: he was the guy who ran out. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That guy. Okay. <laughs> remember there was a room of reporters that were all played by famous actors, and one guy in a mustache <laughs> and, like. <laughs> Who is that? That was
4: him. I thought he kind of looked almost like a, uh, in spotlight, he looked like a thinned out like Paul F. Tompkins almost, I thought,
3: Yeah. <laughs> with the mustache. He does, actually. He actually does. Yeah, yeah. He's got a great character in Molly's Game, which I just watched on an airplane, by the way. Good film. I recommend it. Uh, he plays a character called Bad Brad. <laughs> 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 and they call him Bad Brad because he's super bad at poker, but he's like really rich and so they let him play and they just call him Bad Brad. Like he's always, he's always like.
1: Gotta oh. let him play. It's America. Exactly. Okay, so we have a couple of Hey, It's That Girls.
0: Hey, it's that girl.
1: We've actually highlighted a couple of these on past episodes. We have Ida Taturo, who's playing Judge Felicia Canto. You know her as Janice from The Sopranos. Psychiatric evaluation is so ordered. Also, Dr. Sofer is Linda Eman. We talked about her in our criminal intent anti-thesis episode.
3: We both have been doing this a long time.
1: You know how short a path it can be from victim to victimizer. Does anyone recognize actress Brownwyn Reed? What? No. Actress Bronwyn Reed. She's playing Noah's actual caregiver, Lucy Houston.
0: (laughs) Oh, he's going to be fine. Aren't you, Noah? You ready for your bath?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Don't forget to dry his hair. I know. Because, you know, he's still been coughing, right? I know. (laughs) Poor Lucy.
1: Poor Lucy. Lucy's got a
3: great Twitter account, by the way. I recommend it highly. (laughs) Uh,
1: So we've seen Lucy in 10 episodes. Mm. But it's so funny you say that because
4: even in the episode, whenever Liv is home with with her child, she literally just like, like, hey, why don't you just go give him a. Give her, give her back. <laughs> it's like, you're home.
3: Let this poor woman go back to her life. Like, you're already home. And she's a cop. She's not like a. She's not like a socialite. She's a cop. Like I, you would think, she would know how to do things. It's
1: like, okay, you can go home. You're already on the clock.
3: <laughs> it, like, it's not like her and
4: Amaro were doing anything. She was literally just like, hey, guess what? You're back on the force. End scene. Like there was no reason for her to like, stick around. Is it a possibility that Liv is actually just living with Lucy, and that's Lucy's house, which is why she's always there?
1: <laughs> Some sort it's of a weird good possibility. Deal? <laughs> So uh, Bronwyn has the lead in an upcoming movie called Tramp, Hmm. and she is the lead in the theater version of Dirty Dancing.
3: Good for her. She's
1: a dancer, yeah. Good for her. Okay, here's a tough one. Who is the actress playing Hoda Kotb? (laughs) (laughs) Is it Very Wee? funny, Kevin. <laughs> no, it's Hoda Copy. This is the first of her two SVU appearances.
3: Tensley Evans. Fast, cheap, and out of control. She's on her way to the courthouse this morning after she was arrested last night.
1: Uh, she's known mostly for her roles in Sharknado 3 <laughs> and Sharknado 5. Those are the best two.
3: And for her role on her own fake show, Hoda. Hoda!
1: Exclamation <laughs> <laughs> point.
3: Which never existed. <laughs>
1: Okay, so when they arrest Tinsley, she uh, does play it like uh, she's done this all before.
0: Hmm. Okay, why are you doing this? You're just trying to protect that cop. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say, I know my rights. Okay, they've been read to me a dozen times in the past two years. #Hashtag I played a rookie cop.
1: Matt, she yelled, #Hashtag I played a rookie cop. Uh, is that how hashtags work? Uh, I, I think isn't it? It's uh, that's that's right in the character limit. If it's a uh, you know,
4: it, it made sense to me. I didn't question it.
0: <laughs> she must she must be legit
4: I mean look at her she's clearly got to get it all together
1: <laughs> uh, so Tensley falsely accuses Amaro and then falsely accuses the rehab director but now she's telling the truth about gangbanging a Hollywood producer who won't offer her a job is there a fool me three times saying that
3: <laughs> well, isn't that exactly what Rollins is trying to say this whole time when she's, you know, over and over and over again, like throwing shade Tinsley's way? and saying, She's an like, actress. We should just never believe anything she says <laughs> ever. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, this is
4: this is interesting because you had asked me earlier, like, how has the show changed in these more recent seasons versus the ones that we're that I'm more familiar with and the ones that we're currently reviewing? So even in and I can't think of one off the top of my head, but it's funny. Yeah, we established that Tinsley's a liar because she falsely accuses uh, Amaro of making a move on her. And then uh, falsely accuses the the rehab person. But then she brings up the the idea that she was basically being raped by all these producers in Hollywood. And the reaction is like, well, we don't believe her. Whereas in earlier seasons, like Liv would be the person that would be like, sure, she lied about 50 other things. But this one we have to investigate. But instead, it's Mm. like this is such a tonal shift From the earlier episodes where it's like, no matter what, even if we've established that they're 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 liars, we still have to believe them. That would that would always be the hill Liv would die on. And now it's kind of like, I don't know, we should maybe investigate. We are cops.
3: Yeah. Well, it kind of swings back the other way in a way that was actually disturbing for a different reason. in later seasons where Liv is like really skirting the edge of the justice system, (laughs) saying like. We're going to arrest this ice agent for doing his job. <laughs> wow! <laughs> because we because we don't like his job. Oh boy. Uh, there's a lot of like, yeah. It, there are some more swings that you have to navigate oh, in the future. There, Matt. I can't wait for this. This is going to be like a whiplash effect every season.
4: <laughs> Has live ever approached a bathroom with someone on the other side and someone is not killing themselves? Or trying to. <laughs> yeah. She never kicked open the door
1: and someone's <laughs> dropping a deuce. It's Yeah. Like, never. It's always I'm like. I'm
4: busy. Hey, I need to get. Hey, are you okay in there? The answer is no, Liv. Ne- never. That's never gone your way. It's always someone trying to kill themselves
1: on the other side you of know that door. Spider-Man has, like, his spidey sense. Yeah. That tells him something's wrong. She has a uh, toilet sense. Yeah. yeah. She like, knows. like, mm, hmm. There's something's trouble. not right in the laboratory. There's trouble afoot.
3: I have a question. She's
1: never worried about that's where they keep their gun, though, right?
3: Right? Like in the
4: tank or something? Like a gangster move?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Don't be kicking down that door without (laughs) your gun drawn. The fuck, woman? You're a sergeant.
0: Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit Eggland'sBest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.
1: All right, now let's look at the second half of this episode. The statute of limitations has passed for prosecuting producer Adam Brubeck for his attacks on Tinsley, but because they are an elite squad, they are not going to let that stop them.
4: Uh, law's a law, right? She needs to do time. Um, Brubeck doesn't. Look, whatever he did to Tinsley, dollars to donuts, he's still doing it to other girls. Great, are we going on a
0: fishing trip? Barba, how about we pursue two trucks? You pursue yours, we'll pursue ours. Submitted to
1: Barba as evidence. The fact that a bunch of teen actresses who were in Brubeck's films have flamed out. I guess none of them watched different strokes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, a 15-year-old girl loaded with booze and drugs drowned in his Los Angeles pool. Tinsley was at the same pool party, and when confronted by the memory... The actress locks herself in the bathroom and tries to slash her wrists. Later, she says Brubeck's kink was to have underage girls take turns blowing him underwater while he held their heads down. Leveraging his secret gay tryst with a movie star, they get Brubeck's attorney to hand over his library of underage audition tapes. He's been shooting all of his movies in states where the age of consent is 16. Except, wait, Winnipeg? (laughs) Olivia and Barbara lock eyes. Winnipeg? (laughs) Quick, detectives. Don't use your telephone. Fly to Winnipeg. (laughs) And find this 16-year-old girl whose DVD you haven't even looked at yet. Right, right. You don't even know what she looks like. It seems like that audition was for a movie that never existed. What? When confronting the (laughs) producer about his sex life, he admits, yeah, I sleep with 16-year-old girls, but where I'm doing it is 100% legal. By the way, good job, Pennsylvania. (laughs) Uh, but, But Barbara says, time out, Brubeck. What, no jazz fans? Okay. Uh, your trip to Canada amounts to sexual tourism, mm. a federal offense. FBI guys who I have actually no authority over, take him away. <laughs> but what will the writers do with the last 30 seconds of this episode? What the hell did they do with the last 30 seconds of this episode? What
0: the hell happened?
1: <laughs> Liv rushes out of the squad room because she just got a call. Noah is in the emergency room. Oh, no. All right. He'll be fine. Okay, so (laughs) (laughs) they're they're set up. Why? Why bother? Screenwriting? To hell
4: with it! Just do whatever you want. (laughs) Oh, you don't know. You don't even know. know.
1: know. Okay. (laughs) Amaro Rollins and Carisi crash Adam Brubeck's cool party it's so great filled with underage girls in bikinis and the old men who love looking at them
3: and Carisi knows all the stupid teen movies that all these little young people <laughs> were
4: in whoa you just pushed Bodie Clark who
2: Breakout
3: Star, of Summer Days, and the Nightmaster Trilogy, which is so crazy. It's so great, probably because he watched them with his nieces. You know, <laughs> I took I took my niece to see uh, Life's on a Beach and uh, Far City Blues. Far City Blues was a classic.
1: <laughs> Summer Days, am I right? Am I right, Matt? Yo, no, yeah.
3: Was
4: that, like, was Summer Days? Was that supposed to be either uh, Wet Hot American Summer or Days and Confused? Yes.
3: I, the, the writers had a really good time with these fake they ass did. movies. Far,
1: varsity Blues was great because I actually stopped and rewound. I'm like, did they say Varsity Blues no, with varsity James blues Vanderbeek?
3: And they even had a fake poster in the to office. To let you know, yeah. And, then, and the beach one, had the, the tagline, these beaches is crazy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Someone in the art
3: department was like, I've always wanted to do this.
1: <laughs> uh, hey, but back to the pool party. Where's everyone's parents?
3: <laughs> Cashing the checks.
1: <laughs> you know, don't ask that question
4: because, uh, yeah, you know, they're all they're all blowing lines inside somewhere while the kids are, uh, you
1: know, being exploited outside. That's how this works. <laughs> well, there's a quick moment under the tent with uh, Nick and Amanda.
0: i oh, sorry. Am I interrupting? No,
2: no, we were, we were just leaving. Oh, it uh, just looked like something else.
1: So throughout this episode, we're supposed to be getting hints that Amaro and Rollins here have something going on. And we know this because all the characters keep signposting it.
3: Yeah. We also know because in a different episode we see Amaro in Rollins' apartment with his shirt off. That helps.
1: Yeah, that's kind of, that was kind of a hint.
3: <laughs> and we also know because when, later when Rollins gets pregnant, like the first question everybody has is, "Is it Nick's baby?" <laughs> it well, isn't. But
1: <laughs> well, Matt, as the season sixteen version, would you did you pick up on that that there might be something happening there? was it too obvious?
4: It was uh, It was subtlety is not the word I would use to describe that. With, yeah, you, you you accurately said they, they signpost it every time where it's like when they're in the little cabana, which is, how what the hell is that decorated like, by the way, from like a beach <laughs> thing? Like this is... What? Like a sultan. Yeah, like I was like, what what is happening right now?
3: Uh, Cultural yeah. appropriation? That's what's happening let's, right let's now. Let's go
4: with that. But yeah, there was definitely that <laughs> moment. You could definitely feel the tension from someone that hasn't seen these episodes. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, something's happening there. And then they, they signpost it by Someone coming to be like, oh, am I interrupting anything? It's like, you know, it's just something about that didn't feel right in terms of the (laughs) beat, where it's like, You know, that's that's kind of what you're there to find out is if you're interrupting something, (laughs) just not
1: with the people that you work
3: with. Please interrupt something.
1: It's your job. When you cut off the mustache, did you lose your superpower?
3: The other thing that's weird is that Liv seems to know they're sleeping together. She lied about Nick. She's lying about this guy. She's just going to accuse
0: anybody of anything just
3: to get out of here. Amanda, it sounds like you're taking this a little personally. Amanda is standing up for Amar this whole episode, and They're she's fucking like, "Sex crime detective." I know, but they
0: should
1: know who's sleeping with whom. But it Liv, should be Liv does obvious. know
3: because she's like defending That's their him. She's saying like he's really working his anger management, and uh, or you know, he's, you know, he says something about Carisi, and Liv's like, "I wonder where you heard that." You know, and intimating uh-huh. it's Rollins, and it's like, so he she brings him back into the squad and never like brings the two of them in and says, "Hey guys, you got to stop fucking now. You're working together again."
1: You know, but you know that she in her heart's like, "That's great because."
3: I'm fucking Tucker.
1: <laughs> okay, so we have a uh, a you know like a young movie star here. It's our yard sale Zac Efron. <laughs> and uh, his name is Brody Clark.
4: Brody uh,
1: Clark. Oh my. Thank
3: God. you for saying it so I didn't have to. <laughs>
1: Brody Clark. Oh man. Yeah, for a movie star, he's way too excited to hang out with the police.
3: Yeah, in a priest outfit.
1: In a pre- yeah he's not filmed. <laughs> what was it what do they call it deadly sins or fatal vows or something I, maybe those were all
3: <laughs> the thorn herds the thorn herds. <laughs>
4: and you were at the party when she drowned yeah it uh, totally sucked bro was
1: uh was that brew back there
4: uh it, sure it was his house uh, was he with her in the pool I don't know. I was in the screening room watching videos. But dude, that house is like unbelievable. (laughs) Did we also mention the fact that like this has one of my favorite law and order tropes at this pool party as well, where it's the person that is very clearly guilty that we know did it as their suspect just happens to be hanging out with his attorney at the the time. time. (laughs) And then he dismisses the attorney. where It's like, hey, the cops are going to try to pin something on. He's like, no, no,
1: no. I don't need counsel. You can go run off now.
3: (laughs) Go run off to the screening room.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Now, when they get the the videotapes of Brubeck's auditions of teenage girls, the Scooby gang is all assembled in Barbara's office, and what happens? Uh, No one in the Elite Squad can bring themselves to watch the video, which is literally
2: your job. (laughs) Can you turn around for me, honey? Slower. That's it. Yeah. Nice, long legs. You're not a prude, are you? And everybody's
3: fully clothed in these videos. It's just like the dirty uh, lollipop picture situation all over again.
2: It's really
1: no more seedy than the actual f- filming of that, <laughs> right. that NBC did to advance the story.
3: And we were forced to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I, I
4: felt uncomfortable watching it. Like, I know what you're saying, but I was still like, I don't I don't like I might be on a list just from watching this episode of SVU of some variety. <laughs>
1: So they find out that one of the auditions took place in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Well, they assume it because it's called Winnipeg Nights. Winnipeg Nights. Oh, my God. I mean, Summer Days apparently was filmed in Michigan. So, but they're like, It's like oh,
3: Havana Nights, but in yeah, Winnipeg.
1: Right. It's, it's going to start out in Thick. <laughs> and that Barba and Benson look at each other, right? And they have this plan that they put in motion and nobody there asks, what the fuck are you talking about? Winnipeg. Was there a movie? Winnipeg. Was there an actual movie? <laughs> Tell me the movie. I don't know. Let me look it up on IMDB. I don't know. they,
3: They clearly know something about the law because somebody uh-huh. then says like 16 is the age of consent in Canada but they're like no 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 there's no just don't trust worry about us it. don't worry about it just, just go get it, yeah. and it they clearly know and then they keep us hanging for like what 10 minutes of the episode tell yeah. us the law guys tell us the law yeah, I'm going to be a
1: big reveal I liked it though like it, it was
4: a good hook <laughs> at the end like normally when they do that I, it drives me insane I'm like I don't know what 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 are all of our characters what are they working towards right now I don't know everyone's just kind of doing their own thing but in this case I think it actually worked I might be alone in that opinion but I I liked the end where I was like oh the sexual tourism <laughs> yes
1: <laughs> but again we do an SVU thing where there is um, a law that is a federal law that the state prosecutors have no business charging anybody with that law's intention is
2: to stop pedophiles from flying to Thailand to have sex with 12 year olds your client is a pedophile and a rapist and a murderer
0: and if this is the only
2: way that we
4: can get you This is the way that you're going down.
3: Yes, and they also do the SVU thing where Liv says out loud, if this is the only way we can get you, we're going to do it. I'm like, you're not fucking supposed to say that out loud. That is your silent thought or the thought you have in the office with Barbara. You do not say that in front of the client and his lawyer. His lawyer. You
4: said the quiet part (laughs) loud and the loud part quiet. Who can then (laughs) say
3: in court, like... Isn't it true, Detective Benson, that you told my client this was the only way you could get him? Because the answer would have to be, yes, I did in fact say that.
1: Oh, then Barbara would be like... uh Detective Benson, uh what crimes were you referring to that we had not previously been able to <laughs> enter into evidence <laughs> but was just opened up by the attorney? That's right. It's part of for mass, master- but it's a long con, Matt. It's a long okay. con. We're going to
3: talk about the trip to Canada though, right? We're going to talk about that.
1: Yeah, why not? So, they apparently <laughs> within 20 minutes <laughs> they're able to get through, they're able to get through customs, they get through security, they get a rental car, they're able to track down this Former wannabe actress uh, waiting uh, tables in a bar. Mm-hmm. Again, they still don't know what she looks like because right. they never took the DVD.
3: Right. So Maud is beautiful, by the way, and lovely, mm-hmm. and they treat her like total shit because she's telling them her story and she's sort of obviously kind of embarrassed because she wanted to be an actress and so she spent a weekend with this guy and then continued to text him and stuff afterwards thinking like she was going to get a part in a movie where she played a gymnast who has cancer <laughs> which great detail by the way but, that's what Winnipeg Nights is supposed to be about like <laughs> stick
4: the
1: landing or something should be a better name like Winnipeg I Nights? What I don't the- know maybe it has something to do with nationalized health care <laughs> <laughs> (laughs)
3: Anyway, but then... her
1: hockey player boyfriend.
3: She starts to cry, telling her story. So you had
2: sex with him?
0: Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Adam said I was a natural and he had never met anyone like me. He was going to make me a star. Excuse me, I have back to him.
3: And then she, with tears streaming down her face, is like, "I have to go back to work." And walks right over to a table where two dudes are drinking beer. So like, like
1: <laughs> what else can I get you? I don't know, a tissue? Did you get your snot out of my molson? Thank you. Anyway, that, I love that
4: the the set of the bar because I'm like, this is this the standard set that they just dress differently for every time an SBU detective or anyone from Law and Order has to go into a bar. I'm like, I remember this from original recipe, like season five. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> just dusting it
1: off. <laughs> That's not Winnipeg. <laughs> isn't it? it, isn't. it isn't. Is she
4: supposed to be Canadian by the way? Like she's actually supposed to be from Winnipeg because she has no accent whatsoever. That's true. Yeah. Is she supposed she to is. be from
1: New York and then flew up to Winnipeg? I think the the whoever is giving Carisi his accent it's doing the same work. <laughs> yeah, doing, this is Winnipeg.
3: Winnipeg is like their go-to Canadian city, though. In this uh, entire franchise, remember they had the woman here was like the grifter serial killer lady from Winnipeg. Oh, oh yes, covered that on the show. Yes, <laughs> That's a good they one. do love them some Winnipegians.
1: Those Winnipegians, you got to keep it. <laughs> All right, all's well that ends well with Tinsley because apparently her next gig is going to be on Orange Is the New Black. Yeah. A little on point.
3: Rep in the brand.
1: Rep the brand.
3: <laughs> isn't that? Like, it must be like an NBC Universal show, right? That's I know it's on Netflix, but it must be the same production company or something, right? Oh, I don't know. They can't use a Today Show, but they can use Orange Is the New Black. It's a little weird. But, yeah, but isn't the Today Show on NBC? Yes, that's <laughs> what? what makes it weird.
4: Yeah. What happened
1: there? <laughs> I think the president of NBC News said bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so it's funny though because it's Carisi who makes the. Uh, the sly comment about the sexual assault victim. I
0: don't
2: know. I bet she looks hot in a prison jumpsuit.
1: I mean, this <laughs> is which I get so is maybe that's what we're supposed to think Carisi is. Yeah. And then he's, he's evolved, but I <laughs> just just, <ugh. laughs> just felt just gross here at that. <laughs> the fuck with Noah's life being in danger.
3: Hold on the fort all right, for a is, second. Is everything all right? I don't know.
1: Noah's in the ER
3: again. No, this is like, this is one of the first times yes. and you know, Uh, Fuck it. I'm just going to spoil it. He has a respiratory infection. He's going to be fine. Right. He's going to have many years to continue to live and be in many life threatening situations. (laughs) Well,
1: I want to explain to Matt what you have to look forward to. I mean, when you and I get to this season. (laughs) All right. Uh, Noah, child of dead hooker and a gangster, killed by Amaro, discovered by Olivia in the company of child pornographers, what the comes fuck? down with a serious <laughs> respiratory infection. Uh, he will be threatened to be taken away by the courts, get measles, find a gun, almost get hit by a car, almost get taken away again, gets kidnapped by his grandmother, Brooke Shields, and now is just a whiny little fuck that, in retrospect, we had so many chances to get rid of.
3: And might be a psychopath. They keep hinting at that.
1: So, So should they just rename...
0: Sherry University is certified to operate in Virginia by CHEV and has many campuses, including at 2121 15th Street North in Arlington, Virginia.
1: All right, let's take a look at the real-life story that inspired this episode. It's time for Ripped from the Headlines. You think you know who did you it. You think
3: you know who did
1: it. But you don't know who did it.
2: You don't know who
1: did it.
2: Ripped from the While the character of Tinsley Evans is a wink at trouble star Lindsay Lohan, the crime in this story was inspired by the scandals of movie director Brian Singer. At the helm of the X-Men franchise, Singer was considered one of the most successful directors in Hollywood. His early career survived controversy after he was accused by a 14-year-old actor in his 1998 movie Apt Pupil of being asked to shower in the nude for a scene. Other minors on set verified this claim. A lawsuit against Singer was dismissed for insufficient evidence. In 2014, actor Michael Egan sued Singer and a powerful producer, claiming they drugged and raped him in Hawaii in the 1990s when he was a minor. Singer called the allegations false and threatened to counter sue. Weeks later, Egan withdrew his lawsuit. That's when an attorney representing another minor accused Singer and a different producer of raping him at the London premiere of Superman Returns. That lawsuit was also withdrawn at the plaintiff's request. Singer continues to be hounded by allegations he raped minors. Most recently, the Troubles got him fired as director of Bohemian Rhapsody and forced the cancellation of his latest movie deal.
0: Okay, one month
1: ago, The Atlantic ran an expose about Singer's 20 years of sexual allegations. The pool parties were a real thing, just like in this episode. Really? But it was with underage boys being plied with booze and drugs. So what do you think enables a director like Singer? Is it the people around him, or is it the Hollywood system? Matt, I'm going to start with you. Oh, God. Uh, It's funny. As we were watching this we're not funny, haha, obviously, but we were watching this episode, and I wrote down, I was like, wait,
4: who is this supposed to be based off of? I wrote down Roman Polanski, Harvey Weinstein, Brian Singer— Brett Ratner like the yeah, list the line went could be down yeah. the whole way and I was like well what year did this come out And I was like 14 I'm like okay that everyone is still in play at this point in terms of who could this actually be about which is horrific obviously and, and tragic that here we are in 2019 we're still talking about this and it's like an evergreen topic from an episode that came out in 2014 what enables it I, I mean the the easy answer is to say I mean bad people are Bad people do bad things. And that is one thing. And people that have a lot of money and influence can get away with a lot more than people that don't. So, right. I mean, you could say in Hollywood, if you were making money for the studio, a lot of stuff seems to have been overlooked or not really looked into
1: at all. The Atlantic article quotes an actor who said after Harvey Weinstein, I thought Brian Singer was next. Yeah. And it really hasn't. Yeah. I mean, he's well, kind of suffered a bit. Right. But held to account.
3: I mean, he should be arrested and put in prison is what it sounds like should happen. I, I think the episode it tries to nod at something, which certainly I think is somewhat true in Lindsay Lowen's case, which is that her parents really helped enable, you know, a lot of what was happening with her by helping her. um you know, sort of forcing her into a career that was not good for her. You know, I remember Lindsay Lohan back when she was on As the World Turns as a young child actress. Mm-hmm. And like when she became a movie star, I mean, she is a, by the way, super good actress. She was a wonderful child actress. She was in The Parent Trap. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in obviously was Mean Girls. Mean or, Girls. Or, yeah. Like She's really dynamic and, and great young actress. Clearly, it took a toll on her mental health. She had a drug issue. And her mother continued to sort of, like, push it, be a reality star. And there was a weird line in this episode where she said, not only am I her mother, but I'm also her legal guardian. Did you catch that? I did. And I was
4: like, well, what what does that mean? By, by if you're what the it, parent already, you're not the legal guardian. You're just the parent.
3: But this is oh, Lindsay Logan But, but she's, situation in she's in her 20s. She's in her 20s. And she needed a legal guardian in order to get out of legal trouble. She needed yeah. somebody who would. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Yeah. The episode is trying to hint at, like, it's the parent's fault, mm-hmm. which is.
1: Which is part of the system.
3: It's part yeah, of the system yeah. because the lure of fame, the lure of money is so strong. And these, and I think you assume as a parent when you're pushing your kids in this direction or when your kids want to go in this direction, that of course it has to be safe because I, how could this person still be working if it wasn't somewhat safe? But right. in this episode, of course, that's not how they handle it.
1: Okay. So Brian Singer was accused of preying on victims with Mark Collins Rector. He's a dot-com businessman who had lavish parties for entertainment's gay A-list, at which some, sometimes uh, teenagers, were brought in. And after his indictment, he fled to Spain and was given time served in a jail there. He was uh, the subject of Amy J. Berg's exposé an open secret. By the way, the fuck with the lavish sex parties. I
3: don't know. Jesus, I know, right? I
1: mean, who caters an illegal orgy? <laughs> I don't know, but you can so probably you have name a- your own price if you're catering an illegal orgy like that. Oh, yeah, you're right. That's right. That might be the business we should get into. <laughs> okay, these are my ground rules. Right. No weird costumes for us. <laughs> <laughs> right? You will tip very well at the end of the night. <laughs> uh uh, another person tied up with Brian Singer, Stoddard Group CEO Gary Stoddard. He was accused by actor Michael Egan, and ER actor Anthony Edwards accused Goddard of molesting him when he was a kid. Wow. You know, when we talk about the Time's Up movement, which is, focuses on the entertainment industry, uh, we tend to think of adult actresses being sexually blackmailed. Mm. I don't think we're really thinking about these child sex rings. I don't think it's something that we acknowledge. Maybe we don't even really understand it.
3: I think the problem with the child sex ring narrative, it has been sullied by false stories like Pizzagate, right? And it's also like so unbelievable that... That could exist and that people could know about it and not do something about it.
1: Right. You can, Matt, you could believe the casting couch scenario because it's kind of in Hollywood lore. The idea that you're bringing in teenage boys from New Jersey for for the purpose of being Sexual favors with a bunch of A-list actors just seem so far out.
4: Yeah, there was always the Hollywood lore of the the, the casting couch type thing that goes on in Hollywood. And it was always one of those things where, it, you know, even as someone that if you're not in the industry, like you, you hear stories and rumors through whatever media sources about this kind of thing happening. Like, it's not a surprise for anyone to hear. But at the same time, no one ever really wanted to fully acknowledge it and, like, realize that, yeah, women were basically being – sexually exploited and blackmailed in Hollywood, but we'd still go to the movies anyway. Why? Because we right. want to be entertained. You don't want to let your mind go there and realize that on some level, you are on a very low level supporting this system by continuing to go to see these movies, et cetera, et cetera. Right. This guy uh, has a systematic thing in place where he, uh, he rapes children. But that's fine, look at Wolverine go. Like, you, t- you just don't wanna let your mind go there because then, you, then it, 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 it yeah. really fucks you up, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. I feel like yeah. that's a lot of times, even the writers on SVU, like your mind has to go to such dark places to come up with just the concepts for this show that like, I can only imagine what it's like in their everyday life, where to be able to go to that dark place and then come out of it and be okay. So I, I can see people just not wanting
1: to believe it because you, you just can't. It's too, it's too horrific to, to grapple with. Now Singer's breakout film was The Usual Suspects hmm. starring Kevin Spacey yeah. in his breakout role. In his breakout role. <sighs> that casting director ought to be fired. Yeah. yeah. That's going to do it for us. We want to thank our guest, Matt Reuter. Matt, where can our listeners follow you online? Uh, so you can go ahead and tweet at us. We are
4: at SVU Podcast. That's for uh, Special Viewing Unit. Uh, you can get us uh, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, the
1: whole bit. We also have a Gmail account. It's Unit at gmail.com. And Rebecca Lavoie, how can our listeners follow you?
3: I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Reb Lavoie.
1: And you can tweet to us at Law and Order Pod or follow us on Instagram at These Are Their Stories Podcast. Our newsreader was Cy Freider. Our theme music was composed and performed by Uncanny Valleys. Line editing by Henry Lavoie. Content assistance from Travis Roy. Lily Flynn handles promotions. Join our Patreon to get exclusive content at Patreon.com slash Partners in Crime Media to get ad-free episodes of These Are Their Stories a week early. Sign up for Stitcher Premium. Get your first month free at stitcherpremium.com slash crime. All clips in this podcast were used in compliance with the U.S. Copyrights Act Fair Use Exemption for criticism and commentary. If you want to know what episodes we're talking about in our upcoming shows, go to lawandorderpodcast.com. Sign up for our newsletter for a chance to be our next Law & Order Marathon winner. These Are Their Stories was recorded in the yoga loft above the bodega in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi studio and is a production of Partners in Crime Media.
0: Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.